And hello, movie lovers. Tonight, I actually have Abby from Motor City Nerds once again with me. We're going to be doing our Game of Thrones House of the Dragon spoiler review. She doesn't have power at her house, but that's okay. She's mourning all the deaths that's going to be happening later on in the season. So therefore, she's already ahead of the game. So with that being said, let's go ahead and turn Abby into Happy Abby. So let's do this. Hey, how's you doing, Abby? Good. I do you know how upset I was that I was like, you know I am. I'm Miss right. Hardy. And I was so proud this week. I was like, I got my notes. I'm ready to go. And then right a half hour before I'm like, I'm not out. I'm on it's the right day. I'm good to go. And then literally a half hour before we were supposed to do our review, I'm like, I'm like, okay, the power clicked off. It's gonna come back, right? I don't have to tell John and make him worry. Nope. Now we're two days in, still no power. Feels like back in the day whenever I went through Katrina and every, and we had didn't have power for a, uh, over a month or so. So oh I definitely feel your yeah, I definitely feel your struggle. What were you thinking about and forgot about real quick was the O3 blackout. What's that? Remember the O3 blackout? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how it feels up here right now. We're like, it's crazy, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. We're not gonna let that right. stop us. No, it's not. No, we're not. So. Tonight, we are actually doing, our, like I said, our episode two review. This is actually called The Rogue Prince, and it actually starts six months after Rhaenyra's uh, anointing as her, as basically the heir. And we actually have Daron, who occupies the Dragonstone and retains the city's watches loyalty, while Prince Admiral Caragus, uh, Dear menaces uh, the Stepstones at the Haste uh, and the Triarchy. Okay, so yeah, that's what happened in, uh, on episode two. So with that being said, I really have to say I really like the opening of this episode because it opens up to the small council that they actually have. And they're having this meeting and then there's these chips that are blocking the passage to where they can actually get supplies in, get things going and stuff like that. So I definitely like how they actually talk business because there's no war going on. This is basically Genesis before everybody else started screwing things up basically, if you think about it in that kind of concept. Right. But, now, a big yeah. part of the Stepstones, and, like, I mean, you know me, I'll go into, like, crazy nutso down the rabbit hole of Westeros, but, like, essentially the Stepstones are, like, if anybody knows, like, in the real world, like, the Isle of Wight, like, you won't think that's, like, a big, huge deal, but it's, like, this little island before you get to England, and so, like, even back in the day, like, the Romans used to be, like, no, we have to keep this, like, on the Isle of Wight because it's such an important stop before we get there, and that's essentially what the Stepstones are in Westeros, where it's, like, here's the east here's the westeros and then here's this little tiny group of islands where it's like they kind of don't matter but they do because they're they'll cause problems with trade and things like that right. and all these issues with ports and so there there's always kind of conflict going on down there but this one in particular is just the east going hey let's test their strength and see if they'll do anything and pay this particular person to cause some havoc. Exactly. And the thing that I really liked about this, because here's the thing, I like the character in that, um, where he's trying to reunite the kingdoms to where they become a stronger kingdom. Basically the king winds up marrying his daughter. So I'm like, okay, from a political standpoint, that actually makes sense. So I was like, right. I was like, so yeah, I was like, okay, this is actually good. This is someone that's actually trying to help build this king up especially whenever we saw that he was getting taken advantage of the la in the last episode. So now we actually have someone that's rooting for him, which is actually a good thing. What, what was the name of the, that king? That's the one thing that I, I forgot. Oh, uh, King Viserys? Yeah, King Viserys. Yeah. So basically now we actually have someone that's actually on his side that wants to help him. And he's like, look, man, it's been a couple of months. You need to remarry. People are going to wonder. And also, too, that's not going to give you any strength if you don't remarry or anything like right. that because it shows weakness. Exactly. And I do, I, and it, I mean, I do like that. Uh, one thing I will praise this for is they're doing a very good job. And I always say this to like people that aren't movie people or film people. I'm like, no, you can, you can do a lot with just a line of dialogue. And they did that very well with several things in this of saying like, oh, my wife has only been gone for half a year. Oh, Rainier's uh, coronation or, or announcement that's been half a year. Like they did a really good job of going time has passed without going like, hey, stupid audience, six months has gone by. And I really liked the way they handled that. Right. And I, and I, and it also shows because Dragonstone is such a big deal because if you're the heir, that's why Stannis was 
at Dragonstone and not their ancestral seat of Storm's End because whoever is the heir, it's a big, essentially it's a big deal. Like if you're saying that I'm running Dragonstone, that's essentially giving the middle finger and they're going, you're allowing him to do that down there for half a year and you're not doing anything about it. And so I, I like the way they're using, I know we're going to get a bigger time jump, but I was worried about how they would use time. And I think they're doing it very well. Oh, I think so too. Instead of them just saying, oh, six months later, they're allowing the story to take place with the characters actually speaking versus uh, them showing us. That's something that I like. I don't like directors. Show, stuff like don't that, exactly. But then you also deal with this other stuff where basically I feel bad for Benera though too, because now she's trying to find a spot in this kingdom because now she's the heir. It's been six months since the announcement of a woman being the heir to the throne. And they're like, well, what do we do? And she's like, well, I got an idea. No, you need to go back and do be a maiden and everything because that's what you're. That's where you're at. And right. then she's like, no, I make. And then all of a sudden, I like how the other guy was willing to hear her out because of the strategy. Because you know what, she actually makes sense on what yeah. the, thing, the things that she's bringing up. Oh, for sure. I definitely, I really loved when, I think she was saying what the audience felt when mm -hmm. she's standing there and she turns around and she goes, we have dragons. And I think that I, I, I think I literally said that out loud to my mom. I turned around and I was like, they got dragons. What are, what are you doing? And I, I do feel this way um, as a whole that Damon and Rhaenyra aren't denying what they are. They are fully, fully, it's almost like that scene when Elena Tyrell tells Daenerys, are you a sheep? No, you're a dragon. Be a dragon. And they accept that about mm -hmm. themselves, where Viserys is almost fearful of it. The king is almost, it, even in their clothes, you'll see like Rhaenyra and Daemon is in the bright red and the black is so deep. And then with Viserys, it's almost toned down and it's almost like he's trying to hide what he is. But I really like that she just turned out and was like, we are dragon riders. We have dragons. Like, get it together, dad. And then it's like, you shouldn't be speaking up. But I, I really liked the way, I think she was speaking for the whole audience when we were like, you got dragons. Get out there and use them. But either way, I, I will say this. When uh, Corliss Valerion comes in and he's saying that and he's like, oh, yeah, my men, uh, they're being ransacked. They're being harmed. I feel like that also brought back the brutality of this world. But... I did like the small council meeting in the very beginning, and I do like that they're showing Rhaenyra in this position of being able to learn, but also you're kind of in a position that doesn't matter. But it's kind of, I, her being a cupbearer is a little, but it gets addressed later on in the episode. Oh, Corliss is pissed off. He's real pissed that it, that the Stepstones are being raided. Now, like like I said, the Stepstones can be a, I'll just rant and keep going about things like this, but the reason the, reason the Stepstones are such a big deal is because like I said, they will block ports, they'll block money, they'll block trade. Now, Corliss Valerion is so loaded. He's like Tywin Lannister times a million. Story on like Corliss Valerion, like I really loved him immediately. I like how fast this was going when they first walked into the council. And he was just like, no, listen, this is how it is. And I kept waiting. I didn't know if they were going to keep that from the audience that he is. He, this guy is like, like Tywin rich wise times a million. Like he's loaded. So I kept waiting for them to say that. And I was like, the whole episode, I'm like, are you guys going to acknowledge the fact that this guy is way more loaded than you as the, and they did acknowledge it later on, but I'm like that whole beginning when he comes in pissed, he's like, I'm trying to tell you, I need your help, but you really know, I don't need your help. And then when he looks at Rhaenyra after she says what she about the dragons, you start to see who's going to end up on whose side when we get to the bigger conflict. Right. And that's something that I really liked. I really felt like that it, he does show that he does have money without the audience having him, him having to explain it. Because if you have like two ship, fleets of ships and you're trying, I said, like, you got money, you got bank. So that's oh, yeah. my first initial thought. And then the other thing is, yeah, you, you may have money, but guess what? We also have a defense. We have dragons on our side. So therefore, yeah. I could actually see the king in a sense. I can actually feel like, okay, maybe he doesn't feel like he needs him that much because of the fact that, you know, the defense is dragons. But what happens if one of those dragons get killed? That's also another right. thing that, so you need someone on ground, in the ships, in the fleets, fighting. You also need people on in your kingdom fighting at oh, all yeah. fronts. And that's what he's telling them. He's bringing it down. To oh, him. for sure. And there's definitely... I that's the thing like I'm such a freak about this stuff that I'm like I don't want to spoil anything that I mean I don't know I don't know how much they're gonna do and everything like that but I do know they said there's going to be 17 dragons in this and so there's there's a lot flying around and there's there's a lot on both sides eventually down the road but uh 
there's a, there's a lot of without, like I said, I'm trying not to give things away without going into too much detail. There's a lot of instances prior to this, like in Westeros, where other like the reason that the Martell's words are unbowed, unbent, unbroken is because they never lost to the Targaryens. They came up with a strategy, even though they had no dragons, to keep them at bay. And they were like, it doesn't matter. So it's like there are there are instances of that happening. And Corliss knows I it's not just dragons that win things. And even us who watch Game of Thrones know that. Like right. we watched that happen with Daenerys. She didn't dragons weren't invulnerable. Like they they can in fact die. Yeah. And well, uh, not only that, but even the Ice King himself used the dragon against her as well. Oh. So, you know, that's another thing that I that you know, just because you have dragons doesn't mean that you that you're untouchable or anything. <laughs> not just that. I don't know how many people picked up on this but if anybody who's over on my channel knows i feel so bad because i had somebody comment they were like now now that i've watched your videos i can't not hear you saying this person is a dirty sneaky rat and i'm like dear god how many times have i said that in that <laughs> video but i'm like um there's a like i said i'm trying not to give things away i'm like i feel bad i don't want to i don't want to give it away this is a spoiler review so well, that's true and i'm just like there's there's a few things in this where I'm like, okay, we could we could go with that, but then I'm like, there's a there's a wink to it. But if you notice, I don't trust Maesters. Point blank period. No. I think I think Maesters are dirty rats. I think that the High Towers are dirty sneaky rats. And if you notice, when the dragon egg gets stolen later on in the episode, and we'll get to that, they don't call it a dragon. They don't call it a dragon egg. They say Damon stole a dangerous weapon. So it's like mm -hmm. they're not call they're calling it a weapon, not a dragon. So I'm like, oh oh okay okay sneaky. I see what you're doing there mm -hmm. because that's a threat. And I and I and I I get that. I understand. But I thought that yeah. was very interesting. And it's really subtle. So I was like, I didn't pick up on it till the my second watch through. And I was like, oh, you didn't even you're like, oh no, he's got a dangerous weapon. And I was like, oh, 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 there we go. Maester's being sneaky, high towers <laughs> being sneaky, but yeah. And we're gonna get to the other thing with the Maester of what they were doing with his hand in a few I minutes. I think you're on to something. Yep. I, I think yeah, I think so too. We're gonna talk about that in a few minutes. But here's another thing I want to bring up is okay, my favorite character so far is uh Corliss because of the fact that he was trying to be there for for him for King Visery. I think yeah, the way that I explain Corliss to people is um because even prior to the show, yes, we did have information about him, but it's not like we have tomes of it. And but I, the way that I I always describe him as he's like a cool version. Not that Ned isn't cool, but Ned is very stoic, respectful. But if you're like, he was the one who goes, no, Stannis is next in line. I don't care who doesn't like him. He's next in line. Corliss is right. very much the same, except like I'm cool. And I'm like, and like, he's still going to fight for the right reasons. He's going to do what he believes is the honorable thing to do. Don't test him, but at the same time, he's also very like a, a cool guy, like a cool. See, he's all I want. I want to say Jack Sparrow, but without the wackiness. And so it's right. like, imagine you took a less wacky Jack Sparrow and Ned Stark and put them together. And so I always That's really liked Corliss as a character. Right, but I also want to mention this though too, uh, because this is something that I really found fascinating. Whenever we actually see Panera going to find find a knight that will actually protect her father, and I like how she chose Sir Christian because of the fact. That he had, she's searching for someone that has battle that has been served in the battle. She's not looking for someone that might be serving the queen or on the sidelines. She wants someone that up, is right there up front and center, so way she's, she's ready to do battle for her father whenever the time is right. Oh yeah, and there's and, definitely right. a. Uh, I really appreciated that they showed how political the choosing of the king's guard mm -hmm. can be, and not just that. I feel like her choosing him, and obviously politically on the surface, yes. That's a great idea. Besides, obviously, you think he's a cutie pie. Besides that, it is smart to choose somebody who has had battle experience right. and can fight. But politically, it's not the greatest idea that what you just did and I feel like it's very similar to, but she thinks she did and then at the end I feel like same thing with her dad I feel like he thought like I think that Viserys is a goober I just think he's a goober that trusts the wrong people and I think, I think that so too. I truly believe that he's like I just didn't think it was cool to marry a 12 year old so I, I went with my heart and that is politically now blowing up in my face and it's like yeah I'm gonna do what I want but I think he he wanted that obviously right. but I think both him and Rhaenyra well, thought we were doing the right thing right I'm gonna touch on 
on that too because there's a lot of political stuff that's within this show that i really liked on how they handle it and even i thought that banera shoes and christian was very hasty and went straight for the gut rather than go okay what about the others like go through the other men that you have and then come back to christian because you can actually and then choose between three people not just one person but i understand where she's going for like you said but politically you don't only need someone that's going to be up front in the battlefield but you also need someone that's going to serve and be honest and upfront with your king like a concierge but maybe a lower a step down from a concierge for example oh yeah i definitely and that's another thing like like i said i, I swear to god it's one of those things where i, I feel so dumb because i'm like oh yeah you want to talk about fake made-up world histories where i'm like oh westerners uh-huh no i really appreciate that they have there's only two kings who ever robert baratheon and a couple and then there might be like one or two targaryens that they didn't allow their lord commander of their king's guard in on their council meetings and you're supposed to that in tradition you're supposed to have them there and so i like that they've been having his lord commander in the council chamber with him because they're supposed to be and then they stopped trusting them a little bit after the rebellion yada 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 so i like that they're involving that because that's a thing and then having having them go to that and show it now did you notice i don't know if i made this up but i had it in my notes otto hightower the hand of the king Right before Crispin goes out to, or Crispin, that's what Damon calls him later on, Crispin uh, goes out to talk. He looks over at the other guy, and when he moves the, like, chess piece-looking thing over, he, like, nods to him. Like, he's setting that up. Like, he knows I picked this guy. Like, there's, there's, a, I feel like he's making moves way more than I even thought he was going to be I think making. so. I feel like that too. Like it's like chess with Game of Thrones. You have to set up your pieces like chess pieces, and that's what I feel like that's happening with this. That's that's how I feel like. I feel like he's making moves aside from yeah. I'm gonna let you choose him, but I'm also gonna do something else for you instead. Since you're being so hastily about it, definitely. And I love that they showed um my favesies. The- queen who never was she, that's why i believe that's why corliss steps in and talks to the king later is because she's watching from above going okay i already see what's going on over here i see the, the hand of the king chit-chatting with you so i'm gonna go and tell my husband and but i really like them showing her like i already know what's going on because she's lived this outside of her being snubbed she has the experience around, yeah she's been a, she's been living in the red keep her whole life and has seen a lot of things and how the game is played so right yeah on one side i feel bad for Banera too because she's trying she's like a uh the black sheep of sheep of the family where everybody's just throwing her down making her serve uh the drinks and stuff like that and then you don't have anyone that's really on her side other than her own father which she's also being distant with her own father because of the loss of her mother and she's yep. trying to figure out what to do with that and then you know and then of course her friend is like look you need to talk to your father even when she, he's talking to her friend he's like look I need you to talk. Can you talk to her for me? And he's, I'm like, dude, you're such a coward. Just talk to your daughter. All I could think was, wow, maybe if you uh, hung out with your daughter and not her BFF, you wouldn't have these problems. But I do think that uh, she was, I think that Allison Hightower was being genuine when she Mm -hmm. was saying like, talk to your dad, to Rhaenyra. And when she says to Viserys, Talk to your daughter. Like, I think she genuinely is being genuine in those moments. And I do think that now, like I said, I have my own biases towards the high towers, but I do think she was genuine about that. But the whole time, all I could think was, wow, Vivis Harris, if you just, uh, maybe if you just hung out with your daughter and did some little carvings with her and chit chatted and grieved together, you wouldn't end up having this, uh, catastrophic conflict that's about to go down. Right. But also, too, Benera is also mad at her father, too, because of the fact that she wasn't his first choice. His first choice was Damon. And I right. don't blame I don't blame her one bit. It's like, OK, so I'm just second best, basically. And Damon was your first choice. Why wasn't I not your first choice since I'm your daughter? And I'm also the one who's making history. Even um, we actually have Corliss that also brings up the fact you have a daughter that's the heir to the throne for the first time in history that broke your traditions. And my fleet is not doing what it needs to do you need to look at a closer picture of what's going on around you before it starts collapsing is basically what just to summarize it right you know? no exactly i totally get it. yeah i and not just that like not only was okay so corliss in the very first episode in the beginning when we get the great council and they're talking about how king viserys was chosen they went like okay brainies the queen who never was corliss's wife they said you're might be the king that just passed his oldest daughter we're gonna skip you so corliss's wife gets skipped so then he's like why don't you pick my son then and they were like nope he can't be king either so it's like corliss has been and now i offered you my daughter in this episode 
episode and it's like obviously they say it and I thought they did a very good job of handling that because they could have aged everybody up which okay but I don't think they did it in a yes we should all be going that's creepy and weird but I think they did a good job of going like the king doesn't really want this dad don't want it the mom don't want it they just know how the world works and it sucks but now it's like you wouldn't even do I offered you my baby girl and you know I didn't want that and you still are I can't take it anymore and that's why we get the scene we get at the end but yeah Corliss has been really uh shafted a few times by this specific part of the monarchy right and another thing I want to bring up too is I like how also too he, Corliss wants to unite the kingdom with having like you said before having his own daughter bring the unity between the two houses which makes sense to make a stronger kingdom i was like okay i'm up for that i'm all for yeah. that the next thing i know it i'm looking i'm like wait what i'm not for this i'm like no and i i always say this i'm like especially when people talk about the original series um and they start talking about like oh why did rob stark why did Daener why did they make these dumb decisions and i was like yeah and i totally get it you you should age them up in the show like no nobody wants to see uh, a 13 year old doing these things but it's like in the book they're kids so it's like how smart were you at 15 when you f met the girl you first liked so it's like that's right. why rob stark is a moron like but when he's 25 mm -hmm. it just makes him look stupid in the book oh. it's like no he's a dumb 15 year old boy but i right. like that they showed and they're trying to say something with that which i appreciated where it's like you're a piece of property. It doesn't matter if you're 13 or 25. It doesn't. You're you're a woman and you're a piece to be used in the machine of our world. And that's exactly. It. And they did a good it's, job with that. I think so too. I think they captured that very well. All, and another thing I want to bring up is this. You know, it's all about uniting the houses and making a strong foundation versus it being about falling in love with somebody because they don't care about that they just want to build their houses up to where they have a stronger foundation and that's all right. they care about and they're like you said they're just property but i like how uh you actually have uh ferocity I, I always butcher this guy's name i feel bad the king I always oh, butcher the king. Yeah, I always butcher his name but i feel bad for him because of the fact that he's in the middle he's like okay so now i'm in this position where i have to choose between the middle ground right so yeah. it's like okay if i this could be like a red wedding kind of feel to it if you think about it because this is the same thing that went down when uh, a person didn't choose the right way i'm like dude you're gonna get whacked this is like telling tony yeah. soprano that you're not gonna uh, marry his daughter but right. i have somebody else that is a mind to step in that's gonna marry her. I was like, no, this is not gonna end well for you. This, I also felt the same way. I'm like, dude, you're you're burning that bridge on somebody that's actually on your side, and you could also build your own house. But then I saw the age. I'm like, okay, I understand what you're doing because Ned didn't really question the his own motives. You have a king that's very conflicted with his own feelings and stuff like that. That's actually questioning his own self. So that's something I really like about yeah, that. No, too. for sure. I mean, I know I give the Sarah's crap and I call him a goober. I think he is a goober and he is like, but I don't think I, I don't think King Viserys is a cruel person. I no, don't think he's no. a vindictive. He's not like he's he's not that. So it's like and and I like I said I do like how they they handled that. But another thing um that I forgot to touch on, but it ties in is uh in like in the beginning when Corliss says, "Hey, this is going on in the Stepstones, and none of them want to step to the east." The reason and and that's what they want to show too. Not only to the realm, if this marriage happens, did we show unity amongst us and the two biggest houses? But it shows the East that we are together now. And now the reason Corliss isn't scared of the East is because he's not afraid of the Iron Bank. Everybody else is afraid of the Iron Bank because they'll pay. They'll just keep paying and paying and paying to have you sacked and sacked and sacked. And that's like even Tywin Lannister says we all have to be afraid of the Iron Bank. Like we all have to be afraid of them. Do you understand? But Corliss doesn't. So it's like if he, they would have got together, it would show the East like we don't need you and don't step to us. And also to the realm. Now the two high Valyrian houses are together and we're the greatest. So it was like, it, it's by all accounts, yes, this is smart to do. Is it weird? Yeah. Does anybody really want it? No. But, and I, I thought it was really telling when she even said, I thought it was, honestly, I thought that King Viserys was genuine and trying to be like sweet when he's like, did your dad tell you to say that? And she's like, well, yeah. And then she's, and then he's like, what did your mom tell you? Knowing like your mom told you some real shit, you know? And then is, and she's like that I don't have to lay with you till I'm 14. And then it's like, man, 14 is considered old. And I'm like, I see what you're doing writers. And I appreciate that because people shouldn't be creeps. But it was like, I, I thought that that whole thing was handled very well, but it's like by all accounts, it sucks. But yes, politically, this would have been the smartest thing to do 
worldwide. Most definitely. And, you know, then, of course, you know, you have Brianna, who is actually pleading with her father, but do not marry my friend. And then she winds up doing it and then is like, okay. And even her friend was actually... Uh, put on the spot. It's like, oh crap! Uh, now I actually have to marry her father, even though I don't want to marry her father. So now I felt and, different. I, I well, f here's the thing, though. If you look at the way that she's looking at him, I felt like that she was more in shock at the fact oh, yeah. that it was just like that uh, little bit of a uh, shell shock kind of moment for her. It was like, wait, he's choosing me out of everybody in this kingdom? The kind of thing is what I'm getting from it. I really liked, okay, I feel like, because I don't want it to come off, because I feel like even when I when I do my reviews on my channel, I'm like, I just want to preface this by saying I don't think any of this is okay. But I'm like, I feel like by the end of this episode, I don't think she was going oh yeah, no, I really want this to happen. I want to screw my friend over. I definitely don't think that was the case. And I don't think she thought, oh, you're going to say this in front of everybody. I don't think that was the case. But I definitely think, especially that scene in The Great Set, when her and Rhaenyra are talking and she says well if you're not gonna like you this is where we get to see Allison Hightower going I go to the sept and I pray and I'm a lady and she's almost like Sansa where she uses her being a lady as a protection and it's like and she's almost telling Rhaenyra like just just get with the program this is how it goes you don't, don't you get it just do what they say it's it just and the Rhaenyra's like no I'm not gonna do that but when they're, when they're in there, you can see her go, Rainier says, how do you light the candle? How do you do that? I haven't done this. In like, obviously, Rainier doesn't, she doesn't do all the lady stuff. And Allison Hightower does. And there's a little moment where she's walking away and she says something about her dad getting married. And, and Allison Hightower turns around and almost kind of like snaps at her a little bit. And is like, well, you know, he is going to get remarried. Almost like she thought about it already. And kind of, and this, I, I would call it grooming is what was going on. But I think that she's genuinely like, I kind of like your dad. And I've already thought about like, oh, what if I could be with him? And then she reins it in mm. and is like, okay, let's go. And I'm like, I don't, so I, by no means am I going, oh yeah, this, but I think part of her is like, no, I, I like him and I'm starting to have feelings for him and I'm starting to feel territorial over him. And then she's like, oh crap, what did I just say? And because it's almost like Rhaenyra looks at her like, why do you care so much about my dad getting remarried? And it's, and it's off. And I really liked that scene when Rhaenyra starts to cry and Allison is looking at her I got the vibe and this is after I watched it twice I was like this is almost like she's looking at her going okay I get to see my friend for the last time in this like vulnerable we're being friends and we're talking and I don't know what's going to happen but something big is going to happen and this is going to change soon and, and, that's, I really and there's that a split too. right is that yeah. split between friends now to where they can't talk on a personal level anymore now she has to talk to her at more of a professional level than what she was expected to now right. that she's exactly there, it's weird calling your best friend your mom. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But right. I understand politically it makes sense. But let's draw a little bit away from that a little bit because I want to talk about this. Damien claims the Tigarian seat is the Dragonstone. Yep. And he also s claimed that the prostitute that he's sleeping with is also pregnant. I'm like, no, she's that she's not pregnant. She's fake. And I really liked her. She really jumped up in the ranks of people. I was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know if they would. I knew she was going to be a confidant of his. Like, obviously, I don't think Damon cares. Like, cares about many things in this no, world. But he does care he, about his family, and I think he cares about her. I think he genuinely, like, I don't know about love, but I definitely think he's like, I like you, and I care about you. But she really... She really jumped up in my people. I'm like, oh, I, I knew you'd be there, but I didn't think you were going to spit some knowledge that I'm like, oh, I really, really like you now. And she's like, yeah, but don't put me in your shit. Right. I like out. that. I like that I, about I it. Look, because Damon thought that he could actually use his political powers to, to come back home to get the throne because of the fact that she's pregnant. And the father was like, oh, okay, it's okay. You can come on in. And, and stuff like that. And you and your, uh, I'm not going to say slut. Um, you and your uh, woman. I know. I feel, I feel bad even saying like whore. Prostitute. Like, I say prostitute. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you and your prostitute can go on ahead, leave in my kingdom, eat, drink, and be married. But right. that's not the case. That doesn't wind up happening. Also, too, he steals the dragon egg, which is a big mistake. Yeah. Even though, but here's the thing, though. I like how they play this. Now, this is something I really like from the writers and stuff like that. And also, too. I like the wide-angle shots of that bridge where they meet up on. That oh was fantastic. God. But the thing that really got me was this, where basically the prostitute is speaking out of turn, and he goes, hey, look, I'm allowed to say this because I'm part of this kingdom. So therefore, 
You don't talk about that because that's my family. I'm the one who has a say in this, not you. When I oh. need you to speak, I'll let you speak, basically, is what David oh, is saying. Oh, for sure. And I definitely loved, and I'm, we're going to get to it when he says that to Corliss. He's like, that's my brother. I can <laughs> say this off. You can't. And that's the thing, too. Like, Damon's a lot of like things. Damon is a lot of things. I'm not saying he's the greatest guy, but one thing it is, is he's like, no, I do want my, I want my brother to be okay. I want my family to be okay. And that is, that's true. But I did like that she says, she's like, you guys play your games and it's your thing i play around i end up dead i don't think you're understanding that and i thought they did a very good job of going damon you might hang out with the common folk and the gold cloaks and stuff but you're not one of them and you'll never understand what it's like to be a commoner she's like no I get this life. Please don't drag me in. You do you want to have me standing out? I think coming out on the bridge, I'm cool. Being out there in front to piss them off and give them the middle finger, cool. But no. don't drag right. me into no. I have the air. Yes. Married. Don't do that. Because I'm not here for that. I'm only here for your own political gain, as long as it doesn't include me into your other family drama. Right. The petty stuff, I'm I'm cool with. Let's go have some fun and piss people off. The <laughs> right. serious stuff, saying that I'm carrying the air, let's not. Because also by right. taking there's a reason why I like the fact that. I like the fact though too she didn't know that he said that and the look that she gives him is like you wait. son of a right yeah no and so, I really like that I like how she was thrown off with that it's like okay at first we're mad at her because we're thinking that they both came up with this idea yeah and then it comes to find out it was just Damon that came up with that idea and not her so that makes me respect her a lot more because of the fact that it wasn't brought up to, from her to do it was actually Damon's doing that did that and I definitely think that even even from the first episode, there's we. I think they did a very good job, and this just speaks to like chemistry of actors and how well they're acting. But like him and her, definitely, they haven't had that many lines together, you know. But there's definitely like a chemistry there, and you can definitely see like, oh, we've known each other for a minute, and to the point where people on the small council know who she is. Like she's been around, and I think that there's there's a genuine connection there. Like I said, I don't know if you want to call it love, but I think that she's more of a confidant and friend to Damon than anybody is, and I think right. that's super interesting. Exactly. So now oh, we actually can we talk a, about. Are we, are, can we talk about him smack talking on the bridge? Because that was my favorite. Yeah, okay, I love I, the back and forth be, between him and uh, Brana was just awesome because Brana comes in like Norsi, the Norsi does riding on her dragon, but she she has a saddle when I don't get it. Oh, but, I love it. Oh, oh yeah. I, I love the saddle. Get ready. Oh, everybody get ready for dragon armor, saddles. I love the dra oh, you yeah. see, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for uh -huh. some dragon armor. But That's what I mean. There's a lot more, like, uh, here's a little nugget that's kind of, when uh, when King Viserys and Corliss's daughter are talking and she says, where'd Vagar go? Where's Vagar? And that's one of the biggest dragons still alive. She ends up riding Vagar. So that's kind of like a funny little nugget of okay. stuff and that's cool so it's like there's a lot more dragons rolling around that we haven't seen yet but I really like I can't get over how cool that scene on the bridge was when they both showed up when we had Caraxes and Cyrax show up that was sick but I loved even before Rainier showing up when Damon oh the egg when Damon and oh, yeah. there and he's just like yeah okay and then when him and and I think that he like you can see this is where Damon has some fun is when he's like Sir Crispin what is it and he's like yeah how about when I knock you down and he's like oh Oh, yeah, no, I like you. You're going to be fun to, to fight with. Like, it's a game. And we see both Otto saying, I don't care if your lady's out here and pregnant, and I'll kill her right here. And Damon's like, do it. And that's, and you can tell she, that's another point where she's like, uh, Damon, bud, let's let's not do that. But I really love right. their bag and forth. And then when Rainier, that shot of the clouds moving was I loved so it. cool. That was so cool. I love the clouds moving. It was perfect cinematography. It cost about $200 million for this to be made compared to the budget that they had with the first Game of Thrones because right yeah of course because you're adding dragons and you're adding more of a cinematic kind of experience to it but okay so this is what I here's the thing I like the bluff between Bernera and also Damon because they're both not going to do anything and they both right. know they're not going to do anything and because they're all both uh, uh, both basically like brother and sister in a sense because we also got the fact that they also talk in their own language and stuff yeah, yeah. but I was very but, interested about that because at first like I've been saying I'm like I think Damon and Rainier are the only, first off we've only seen Damon and Rhaenyra are the only ones that we've seen on their dragons yet. They're the only ones that are fully embracing what they are. So in the first episode, mm -hmm. I was like, can all the Targaryens speak High Valyrian still? Or just you two? Because you're so right. attached to your heritage. So when we got to see Viserys speaking it too, I was like, oh, okay, so this is a thing. But them going right. back and forth in it on the bridge, that was that was awesome. They were both and calling I, each other's bluff, basically. Well, I took it almost as like, Damon's like, okay, so you're not your dad. I can, I see a bit of myself in 
between you and I can respect it and I'll give he knows he uh, here's what I was saying he knows the boundaries he knows the boundaries yeah. that he can cross Damon would excel at YouTube or being a influencer he's very good with the PR and how I look and he knows how this is going to look when all of these men go back to their camps and go back to King's Landing so he's like I'll give the egg to her in front of everybody and I liked her spunk and I liked her showing up and I respect it but I I'm not going to hand it over to Otto Hightower because no that's not going to happen and he wanted he knew he knew they'd come for the egg and the importance of the egg was uh Targaryens back in the day were always in the cradle with an egg and normally the dragon would hatch when with while the baby was a baby and they would be raised together and that would be the dragon so by taking the dragon egg that was with his nephew that passed who was the heir you're really showing the realm and the council and the lords and everybody this is how I look at myself I'm holding dragon stone which means I'm next in line to the realm and now my heir quote unquote has the egg that the, the other heir was supposed to have he was just essentially Damon was just giving the middle finger in so many ways to everybody going come and get me and he knew how it would look so I thought he was <laughs> like I didn't think you would show up Rhaenyra and I kind of like your spunk and I respect it and I'll give the egg to you but not to them and I and know, you know how what though? I like how he tosses the egg to her like it had this WWE kind of flavor to it if you think about it it's kind of reminds me of Edge where basically it's like okay I like you I like you a lot exactly Here, you know it kind of had a WWE kind of moment because he's basically the PR person for WWE WWE, just, yeah. that's what I that's the that's the flavor I got out of like early 2000s WWE kind oh, of yeah, flavor yep. to the dialogue and the way Damon's being perceived as so that's what I got out of it and I yeah I really liked when she said that she goes you can kill me right here she's like I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't choose this I didn't choose this he did it if you want to take me out do it like and mm -hmm. it's just like mm -hmm. and that's why like I said is it are, are some of the situations odd yes but even in the first episode when he first gives her the necklace I was like is this a little cares about her. Is, it, is it groomy and then I was like a little bit but I felt like by the time we got to the mom funeral and the way Damon's looking at Rhaenyra and his brother he's like I don't know what I'm going to have to do I don't think he was thinking I'm going to end up having to get with Rhaenyra but I definitely think after this one he's like no I'm definitely going I think he wants his family to be the ones to stay in power the only thing he cares about and I think he realized on that bridge you might be something big and I respect it and down the line me and you might be the ones to carry on our legacy not our exactly. not my brother and not whatever's happening over there right. oh was that when he had the, oh no that was later we'll get to that part we'll get that he has right. man damon has had some of the best lines i mean villains always have the best lines but i don't want to call him a villain but i'm like no i wouldn't he say he's a great villain right i love his lines in this show i think damon's my favorite character by far so far but uh let's see here i also put the fact that banera rides back over to the kingdom like nothing even happened gets the egg she's, she's she basically did what a man's job was supposed to be right and i and think she that, showed i think right. that damon in her relate on he's like he might not be a woman but he was a second born son so he's like i've had to work for something i have to keep proving myself she has to keep proving herself and i like that her dad didn't even know she was gone no and i think that, that was a big thing like how does what like I, I just feel like when maybe you should know that dad you're the king maybe you should know that i don't know right why are you not why are your people not telling you these things why why are the maesters doing the things they're doing but yeah speaking of which let's get to that yeah so let's get to this so i even put down Macers, maggots, dead flesh to help the king for, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, so anyways, um, but basically I was thinking this to myself. I'm like, okay, so you're going to take maggots to help you with your rotting hand. Yeah, and I know you're trusting, really going to hand. I'm like, you're trusting this with an open mind, not questioning. Why are you dipping my hand? Oh, sir, if you did this remedy worked years ago and it helped master so-and-so, so it will help you. And this will be the finest way of actually healing you. Okay, not a is problem. It? And then puts his hand in the maggots. I'm like, dude, here's my thing is I'm like, I think, I think that I was just talking about this. I'm like, it's so crazy. The things that people used to do for real back in the day, like bloodletting and crazy psycho stuff. And it's like, I know maggots were thing, but I'm like, the way you're just shoving your hand in a bowl of maggots is kind of making me sick. And uh, I don't, it's really gross and like obviously his hand is getting way worse and i really do john i think you're on to something i said that in my review i was like i'm telling you i think john's right i think somebody's doing something to the iron throne and he, this infection is getting worse or maybe it's something else i don't know but something's up but the well, way that mm -hmm. also would you really want to have a serious meeting with somebody that you really need to talk about serious stuff and before you lay it on real thick about oh and my wife passed away would you really do that while they're at like 
their doctor office. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if I'm over here going, hey, John, uh, they're saying that I might have this terrible thing that might kill me in my hand. And you're going like, oh, well, you know, Abby, you should switch your bank accounts over. I'd be going, why are you, John? Are you like, this is serious thing? like, why are you talking about this serious thing while I'm doing this? Well, why do you care about my like, money all of a sudden? Why right. are you not caring about me? Right. Yeah. Or if you were like, hey, can you sign this? And just while you, and it's like, I'm kind of stressing over here, but sure. But by like, the way, what, by the way, what's your mother's maiden's name? What's your dog's name? I, I need that for reference. What did you grow up on as a kid? What was your first elementary school? Like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll tell let, let me get right on that while I'm in my consultation with my doctor. Right. But I thought it was odd. I thought it, the it one is. thing that I thought was strange was when, and but then I was like, or was it some reverse psychology thing? Is when the maester is the one who goes, no, marrying the Valerians is the smartest thing you can do. Not, and, well, and but then I'm like, but then Otto Hightower really jumps in quick and is like, oh, wait. I wish someone would have been there in my grief when my wife passed. And it's like pushing him right into to his daughter. And so right. it's like, I don't know how much of that, but I definitely think those maesters are up to something. Okay, my thing is this. When they mention that, I'm like, okay, if he makes this choice, you're benefiting one of the maesters. So maesters are actually looking up for themselves and not looking up for you. So they're like, okay, yeah, go ahead, marry her. This is exactly what I want. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like Palpatine. Good. Yeah, and that's <laughs> you know the thing that I always tell people. I'm like, you got to remember that Otto Hightower and his house are the ones that are closest to the Citadel. They're always chit-chatting it up. Them in the, If anybody's tight with the Maesters, it's the Hightowers. So it's like, that's why I thought it was strange when that Maester was like, I was like, oh, wait, I thought you guys were buddies. And then I was like, oh, wait, or are you are you good cop, bad copping this? And I'm like, mm, mm But I do think that, that Viserys thought he was genuinely doing something good when he's like, I won't marry the 12-year-old. I think that's really how he thought. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, no, that's no. Well, then another thing I forgot to mention is now Damon actually asked him to go to his wedding as well. That was something else, though, too. So let me get this straight. You stole something from your father, and then now you're expecting him to show up at your wedding with open arms. That's I that's the hilarious that. thing I found. I found that hilarious. I, I just had to put that in. So a, I had to put that in as like a little side note because I just thought that was part. That part was actually funny. Oh, um, one of my one of my side notes is, and this is something that I really like. I mean, before it gets totally obliterated, and we rarely get to see this in Game of Thrones or in Westeros, whatever, is um when uh, I almost said Daenerys, but when Rhaenyra and Viserys have dinner. Together. Together. And I mm -hmm. like that they've showed them have dinner together more than once. Like, this is an important thing that we actually, this is a tradition that we do. We have dinner together every night, which I'm sure back in the day, that was a very, no, but it's like, they all, they, they're like bonding in this episode and they're really having a talk finally, like Allison wanted them to do. But right. I, I, we never really get to see that slice of life stuff especially from Targaryens, because we haven't well, seen none. But I really like that. Besides the plotty stuff going on, we got to see them grieve over the mom passing right. and them actually, like, giggle with each other and smile. With each and she apologizes for speaking up. And he's like, no, it's it's okay. You'll learn this and that. And it's like, do I think everybody's the greatest right now? No, but I did like seeing that. I thought that was kind of sweet. I do, too, because here's the thing. In Game of Thrones and the, and the other series... You didn't have time to grieve because there was a lot of battle going on. With this, they don't have any battling going on. You don't have a lot of stuff going on within itself just yet. Yep. But they're able to grieve. They're able to have dinner together. They're able to coincide and settle their differences, which is something that I really like. Yep. And it gives you more of a personal level with them to make them feel like they're so real. And I definitely think that they're doing a good, because it could, I mean, it could, we could make these men extremely unlikable very quickly, depending on how they handle, and that's why I give the writers a lot of credit with how they're handling the people being underage and things like that, and these girls being young. I think, I think they're doing a, it, it, it could, I'm just saying you could hate these guys real easy, depending on what they say. And so I don't hate any of them because they've handled it well, but they make a really good job of showing that Viserys genuinely loved his wife. He really does miss her, like dad, to be widowed. And I thought they did a very good job of, of and I think that's why we still can sympathize with him. Because like I said, a couple of these guys, we could be like, I really don't like you because weird things are going on politically, but either way, but I do like that they, we don't hate them. We, we see that they're all put in positions they don't want to be in. And I, But I do think they do a very good job of showing, no, I did love my wife. But I will say this, I got a lot of comments saying, nope, we hate the Sarahs because that scumbag killed off his wife like that. And I'm 
I'm like, no, that valid. I, mm -hmm. but I did, I did, it, I was just, it was one of those things I was surprised by because I was like, no, do I think Desires is the greatest? No, but I was surprised by the amount of people that were like, no, I, I hate this man now. I hate him. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. And that kind of shocked me. Uh, let's also talk about like the ending now where we actually get Cor Corliss, I believe that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Where we wind up seeing him with Damon. And I'm like, this is actually like a in credits, like for watching Marvel movies where you get to see the setup for something else that happens in the next phase. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I was watching this MCU thing. This episode ends. This thing, and even though this is actually part of the episode, there's no end credits thing, but it feels like an end credits scene. If that, if that does that make sense? Oh no, for like, sure. Because I felt the and, same way. I was like, and oh. when I see Damon talking in the fire, talking, and he's near the fire, I'm like, he's, I know who he's talking to. Because oh, yeah. he didn't get, he didn't get this dude did not get the answers that he wanted from the king. So what does he do? He goes to the prince. Yep, and. With this, he tries to strike up a deal, and it does not work out in his favor that much. Right. Now, I will say this, and I, I always talk about this. I'm like, besides Corliss Valerian just being a great character, he has the best nicknames and titles. Like, he's the Sea Snake. What a cool nickname is the Sea Snake. And then he's Lord of the Tides. And so they're, that's how they got their fortune, is through money. Uh, not through, obviously, money. That's fortune. But through the Trip, sea. Right, right. Yeah, through the sea and through trade. And that's ships and being on the water and stuff like that. So the second we started seeing all the water stuff, I was like, shut up. Are we at Driftmark? I was like, no way. Because even to book readers, Driftmark isn't, a, isn't around anymore so it's like we haven't even got to like see this you know or go there so i was like <gasps> i was like see stuff are we going to drift mark are we going to drift mark That's what I'm showed, like. oh my god it was awesome and then when they showed corliss i was like oh my god and the second the camera started moving i was like he's talking to damon i was like he's talking to and my mom was like no he wouldn't do that and i was like no he's talking to damon yeah and it makes they, logical sense though because you know i like how basically damon's like how does this benefit me where does and what does this partnership lead to and does this cause friction within my own family so he's measuring everything out while also too trying to figure out Corliss as well right and trying to find out Corliss's weak points to where he'll open up to him more I was just glad that Corliss stepped up after Viserys announced I'm, I'm gonna marry Alison Hightower not only do I think that was handled very well of like I think I mean I'm kind of old now but I wasn't a teenage girl that long ago and that's exactly how you handle it you'd run out in tears I have I have a theory I just came up with this I'm thinking that Corliss is going to ask Dan uh, permission. He's going to get rid of the prostitute. I'm thinking that he's going to go on ahead and get his daughter, uh, Damon, to marry his daughter. So that way he can unite the houses, which is a smart strategy move because, okay, the king said no, but you know what? He has a, he has a prince. So let's go on ahead and do this deal. And you, there's also, like I said, I know they're, I know they're going to cover this stuff. So I'm like, there's also a son. So there's lots of some some marriages. Oh, some marriages are definitely going to go down. I'm just going to say that. But that when when like I said, I mean, I might be old now, but I wasn't a teenage girl that long ago, and I almost thought there's kind of something romantic between Rhaenyra and Alicent. And if not, I'm always saying, I always say, I'm like, I I, I love picked it up in the first episode. Yeah, yes, and I, but I always I I always say this. I love friendship. I think that that is an important thing. I don't take the word friend lightly. So I do like when somebody's like, no, friend, this is my friend, and I care about them. And that's still a betrayal. But I. I thought that Rhaenyra almost cared about Alicent a little bit more than that. And I think that was even more of a trail. So the way that she just ran out in tears from the council meeting was like, I was like, no, that's exactly how, no matter who you are or whatever, that's exactly how you'd handle it as a team. You'd be like, oh my God, did this really just happen? But when Corliss just immediately stands up and is like, listen, I am the biggest and the baddest in the realm and nobody questions it. But then when I will say this, when Viserys said, and I'm your king, I was like, oh shit. And, but he was like, no, I know what I'm worth. This is BS. I'm out. And then when they cut to the drift mark part and he's talking to Damon, it's like, obviously, this is what I mean about them handling time too, is like, you, you can't just walk it's not like today i can't just hop on a flight and come see you in two hours you know what i mean it's like no he had to travel all the way back to driftmark damon had to travel to him so some time has passed by the time we get to this conversation between corliss valerian i think i lost john and damon targaryen and that back and forth i'm not gonna lie and people might disagree with me i think that was some of the best in all of game of thrones anything i was just hyping up the conversation between corliss and damon and how a bunch of time has probably passed at least a few months have passed for them to meet up at corliss's place and I think that their back and forth was one of my favorite pieces of dialogue in all, and this, not just House of the Dragon, but in Game of Thrones, just their back and forth was one of my, is now in like my top five favorite scenes. But yeah, no, what else did we love guys? Uh, we had, oh, so we finally get Damon. Oh, oh, we got two Johns. 
popping up. Either way, their conversation at, at Driftmark was one of my favorites. I think that, I, like I said, I don't want to give too much away, but there's going to be some marriages going on. We get Damon, ex- or we have Corliss explaining to Damon the Stepstones issue going on. And Damon's like, what's in it for me? And don't talk smack about my family. I don't care. And eventually Corliss, Damon, and others are going to go and handle this situation. And I do think that in the first episode, and even part of this one, we were like, ooh, good, dragons, we're back in Westeros. And we were all geek. But then when we see the crab feed, which what a name uh we it, it really brings back how brutal this world really is and it really brings us back down to oh yeah remember how remember the how real and brutal this world really can be and i think they did a really good job of showing that and it's pretty rough but i'm trying to see what else i oh i just have a bunch of notes about the stepstones and i don't know if anybody really cares about the stepstones but i could keep going but either way the stepstones are like a, i don't want to say what they're doing is pointless because it's not pointless but there's always kind of conflict going on there and that's why like i said it's a it's it's a big deal like like it causes issues with trade and ports and things like that. And you don't want that to happen. You also don't want your people being brutalized and that, that makes you look, I run this area and I continue to allow you to come in and just mess people up and I never do anything about it. You're going to go, their ruler ain't going to protect them. Now, if I come out and I obliterate you, it, they're going to go, okay, she'll protect them. So we're not going to do that anymore. And like I said, the East is like poking to see how strong are you, Westeros? And that's what they're doing. But uh, there's other, I feel like a couple of people are getting confused with the Stepstones because there's several issues that do take place there. This is one that is big. So the free cities are paying this guy and this group to go mess people up on the Stepstones. This situation is one out of a few, but they're all not the same. And so later on down the road, we have a conflict, which is the Blackfire Rebellion. And that's why if you rewatch Game of Thrones, you'll hear them talking about the Stepstones, but it's not the same conflict we're hearing here. But the last time we heard about the Stepstones was the Blackfire Rebellion, where Barristan and Selmy, Tywin Lannister, Mad King Ares, Stephen Baratheon, uh, uh, Brendan Blackfish Tully, they all like made their name there. So there's several conflicts that go on there. Sorry, I was just going on a rant about the Stepstones. No, it's perfectly but, fine. Uh, yeah, no, I just, because uh, there's like a few, I, I I know that a few people have been getting confused with, um, they're like, oh, haven't we heard about this before? Because they do talk about it in game of thrones and like me and you were saying there's it's just there's always kind of conflict going on there but this particular one that damon and corliss are going to go handle i thought they did a very good job of showing like at first we were super geeked of going hey dragons we're back in westeros and we were kind of like up here but then when we get to see what the crab feeders doing it really reminded us of like oh remember this brutal world that we're in that's rough what's going on there and so it's like Ugh. so they're gonna go handle that situation but um, another big there's there's other conflicts that go on that are separate outside of this one so i don't want to make it seem like what they do is pointless because it's not it's something totally separate but later on down the road there's always kind of conflict going on that's where there's also an issue at the stepstones later on and that's where tywin lannister the mad king uh bears from the bold brendan blackfish they all make their name there in another conflict a hundred years later so it's like if you've been hearing about the stepstones it's it's not the same conflict as the one that they're going to handle here exactly so i think that's everything that we had wanted to cover right as far as things go for as far as the uh this episode oh, yeah. goes yeah uh so with that like, being, I, I think yeah. that this is being i think this i'm i thank you for dealing with my power being out and i'm just like i'm really liking as a show outside of my i'm obsessed with this world i think they're doing a really good job i, I think really so too it. I'm having a good time. Me too. I'm just hoping the rest of... We are in two episodes now, two out of ten episodes. I'm just hoping that they don't fumble... Yeah, there's ten episodes with this. So I'm just hoping that they don't fumble the ball like like Dallas Cowboys. I'm hoping that they go on ahead and they carry it through. So, you know, so far I'm invested. I'm invested two episodes into this, uh, this new way of actually looking at game of thrones so i'm actually excited about that um but yeah i, I had a, i'm having a good time i'm glad i'm got, getting you to do this after show with me i feel great about that monday um, nine o'clock movie lovers unite house of the dragon reviews no more power nine outages. happening right nine, nine o'clock eastern for people on the east side for the Don't south side it's going to be eight o'clock central time p.m so yeah We've got the east side and the south side and yeah. we're gonna be doing this uh review the reviews for game of thrones oh yeah on fridays we're doing she hulk spoiler review i have will will from uh, conversations about dot 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 podcast and we're gonna be talking about episode three of the she hulk that's gonna start at eight o'clock central time nine o'clock eastern time of course we're gonna do that and then next week i'll actually have alex on the show and that's gonna probably be at a different a little bit of maybe a later time depending on his schedule but stay tuned for more stuff from movie lovers unite always until next time guys thank you for everyone that's been watching i do appreciate it so much don't forget to click that like button don't forget to smash the subscribe button don't forget to visit motor city nerds over there on youtube as well don't forget to check out our only audio only podcast of movie love tonight as well and always until next time guys have a great and safe night